0: What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Blazers. I'm your Blazers beat writer and pass first point guard, Mike Richmond. The Blazers played a bad team tonight. They crushed the Memphis Grizzlies. Basically a G League team. I'm not going to talk too much about that because I don't think it was important. What I am going to talk about is some other stuff that happened. We'll start with a CJ McCollum injury update. CJ, before the game, this is probably the most important thing that happened on the court on Wednesday evening. C.J. McCollum was warming up before the game when, uh, in his usual warm-up time when media was waiting for uh, the pre-game media session to begin and blah, 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 blah. He was out there getting loose. We'll talk about that. I want to talk about 50 wins. The Blazers won their 50th game of the season tonight and uh, the significance of what 50 wins means for this team and this group. And then I want to look ahead a little bit to this weekend's games, a Friday game at Denver and a Sunday game home against those very same Denver Nuggets at the Moda Center. Uh, Suddenly two very important games. But let us start with CJ McCollum. When I walked into the arena this evening, CJ was already out there shooting jumpers. Uh, I was a little later than sometimes I am to games for reasons that don't concern you. But CJ was out there uh getting loose. And by that I mean he was just going through normal a fairly normal routine. Um in general, CJ is not one of those dudes who goes extremely hard during pregame warm-ups. He's not one of those guys who comes out and gets like a full sweat in. He just gets jumpers up. And this particular warm-up looked kind of like that. I'd say he was going about sixty percent. Uh he was you know, he was jumping, um on that left knee jumping off both feet just taking normal jump shots he was cutting and 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 taking shots on the move this was not the sort of ginger warm-ups we saw uh from these practice videos posted by jason quick and joe freeman shout out to y'all jason might listen i know joe isn't so no shout out to joe but this was a real warm-up this was like a guy actually uh actually getting not maybe not getting ready for a game maybe not that level but you know getting getting his body back to being ready to play basketball after while he's warming up uh terry Stotts's media session was going and then and, and Stotts uh basically said that that the update on cj McCollum is that there's no update uh it's not like he he's he will travel with the team to denver on friday but he's just going to be day to day they want to see, they'll wait and see i'm sure the blazers have a plan and i'm sure they're not sharing it with media types so i can't share it with you i certainly would dear listener after Stotz basically gave us the no update that that siege is making progress but but he's not ready to he's not ready to to rejoin the team um Terry did say that it hopeful best case scenarios that CJ could play in some, uh, in in a couple games before the playoffs start. To me, that reads as not against the Nuggets, so that would be against the Lakers when the Blazers uh, go to LA for their final road game of the season, or against the Kings in the season finale. But CJ did speak with the media, uh, a, a handful of of. Uh, of media members, not in any formal setting, but as he he after he finished his warm up, where he was pretty much like I said, going through going through a, a fairly close to normal pregame routine for CJ, uh, he signed some autographs and then he spoke to a handful of uh, collected media members, kind of a non official setting, and and he didn't really give a great update. But what he did tell us, I think, is at least meaningful because it suggests that he is closer. And hearing him say it, I think, is, uh, I think is pretty, at least as significant as we've learned. He played three-on-three three today, he told, he told us. That's important because usually when guys get back, the last thing they do is play five-on-five. Five. But somewhere before they play five-on-five, five, and I'm not sure CJ will do that, just because we're at a stage in the season where the Blazers aren't going to have a lot of times so when they play. Five on five, they certainly won't do it in practice. If they do play five on five, it'll be because some assistant coaches jumped into the fray. But he played three on three today, so he got he was there early with the rookies going through that uh, that sort of pregame ritual where they actually get a real sweat in. So he did do a little bit of that before we were in the in the arena, and he um, he said that he's he's he described it as he's getting closer, and, and I think the big thing for him was he that what. What he's doing with the medical staff is just seeing how his body reacts to stuff, to certain stresses, as he put it. Uh, So, you know, he's not going nuts, but he is going to play a little bit of three-on-three. He's going to go through um, just some sort of, uh, you know, warm-up-y type stuff, and then tomorrow they'll assess it and kind of see where he is. Uh, You know, he's not dealing with ligament damage or anything like that. It's just that he has a strained muscle, so it's kind of, um, you can learn more the next day than you can that first day. But he said, I guess, and I think this is this is the important thing for me. He said that he's doing most of the stuff he he could play, but he or he could do when he was playing and when he was healthy. He's doing most of the stuff, but he doesn't feel like he necessarily has to return in the in the regular season. Uh, I think it would be nice for him to return the regular season and not because um, we need more data on what CJ can do. But I think it would be important for him to play in a game where he could just get his wind back. Uh, it's really hard to simulate the NBA game. Uh, running on the treadmill or sprinting or playing in practice with uh, the coaching staff and the young guys it can it can it's hard to approximate what it actually is to play in an NBA game and to try to jump him back in into uh, a playoff atmosphere could be a challenge. Uh, Cj will I'm not super worried about that transition, but if if best case scenario would be let him play one or two regular season shifts just to play an NBA game at NBA speed and see what his cardiovascular level is like. Because, um, guys, this is might be surprising to you, but the NBA is a physical challenge. There are physical challenges um, related to playing NBA basketball and having getting a chance to test out your level of physicality in games that frankly might not matter, like games 81 and 82 for the Blazers, would be the best case scenario for CJ McCollum. That is your health update. It's a, non, it's a non-update update. He practiced, or he, he warmed up. He's doing more on-court stuff than we've seen him. He's getting closer, but we still don't have a definitive timeline. I don't think we'll get a definitive timeline. I think we'll know when the Blazers change his designation from out to questionable. So look for that sweet, sweet questionable tag on the official injury report questionable would be the first step probably probable will be the last one uh but if cj doesn't feel like he needs to play in the in the regular season to have a chance then i don't think any of us or to to be ready for the playoffs i don't think any of us should he he knows better than we do we are merely podcasters and podcast listeners we're all actually contain multitudes i don't want to diminish our standings in the world in the sec in this next segment I want to talk about the Blazers winning game number 50. What that means for this group. It's it, it as a milestone and, and, and just as a sort of a benchmark. But first I want to remind you guys that when you hop up in your car, tell your smart speaker to play podcast Lockdown Blazers. Make it part of your daily routine. Make it part of your daily commute. Or just uh, in general, when you hop in your car, make Lockdown Blazers something that you are telling that smart speaker just to improve your ride. And in addition to Lockdown Blazers, you can tell your smart speaker to play Lockdown MLB and a number of Major League Baseball podcasts on the Lockdown Network because we recently just launched on the Lockdown Network a whole bunch of new MLB shows, including the big overarching Lockdown MLB. So if you're a baseball fan, I encourage you to check those out. We just discussed a CJ McCollum health update and because I am refusing to talk about the Memphis game because who cares? The Grizzlies bought a bunch of borderline NBA players and the Blazers, after a kind of lackluster first half, blew them out of the water and got to play their borderline NBA players at the end of this game. But I want to talk about 50 wins. uh, Mostly because... If long-time listeners will remember, I haven't been doing this that long of a time, but uh, listeners who've been rocking with me since the early the early days of the Mike Richmond takeover here at Lockdown Blazers will remember that um, the first episode I had with Jason Quick, I kind of uh, questioned whether the Blazers at full health, this was heading into the All-Star break, could be a 50-win team. And now, I should, uh, I should give credit where credit's due, veteran reporter Jason Quick, your friend and mine. Nailed it. This Blazer, he, called, he said before the All-Star break, the Blazers were trending towards 50 wins. And here we are on April 3rd. The Blazers are not just trending towards 50 wins. They won their 50th game. I think this is meaningful for a couple reasons. One, 50 wins is kind of the benchmark for a good team. You know, the Spurs had something like 17 consecutive 50-win seasons spanning the tim duncan era it was it's it's a sign of excellence obviously uh winning 50 games in the west this year probably won't even guarantee you home court advantage so it's not the sign of the elite elite but it's certainly the sign of consistent success and for this blazer team that i think many of us thought overachieved to get to 49 wins last year to bounce back and to be a 50 win team with four games to go and a chance to win, you know, 54 if they get red hot. But uh, to win 50-plus games is meaningful because it's a testament to how good they've been. I thought Terry Stotts had a good point after uh, after the game today in his post-game press conference. He said that the difference in this season as opposed to sort of his others with the Blazers, particularly in the post-Lamarcus Aldridge era... He didn't say this, but I'll just read into his comments, is that this team was just more, they were more consistent because they're more experienced. Instead of those lulls that they've had for the last couple seasons where they've had to just get unsustainably hot after the All-Star break, this team has just been pretty good. They've just been steady. And that steadiness comes with having a veteran group and having a group of guys that have been together. And if we're being totally honest with having a guy like Yusuf Nurkic take a huge step forward this year and become one of the better big the better young centers in the league so is this meaningful in some sort of holistic are the blazers good view in this season i don't i don't i don't think that's wh- that's where this has value but when you look back on good teams that 50-win mark is important. Evan Turner mentioned tonight he had never won 50 games before. Damian Lillard, as good as he's been in the post-Lamarcus era, they've won 44-49. and 49. They had never hit 50. 50 is a sign of a team that is uh, that can get things done. And the Blazers, since the All-Star break, have really uh, proven they can get things done. And, and over the last week to be where they are post-use of Nurkic's injury and without CJ McCollum. It just shows you that this team is pretty good. I don't want to sort of wave the flag like 50 wins is super meaningful, but I got the sense in the locker room that 50 wins was meaningful to the team because everyone who's been a part of this group knows that While they've considered themselves among the good teams, they haven't sort of hit this marker to say, when you kind of look back through the record books, oh yeah, that was a good team. You know, they won you know 52 wins. That's a that's a good team. So at least they have that to hang their hats on. Uh, Terry Stotts said he spoke with the team afterwards and basically told them that that this is what, this is the benchmark of a good team. They should be proud of it. And now they got to go play the Denver Nuggets twice this weekend. That's what I want to talk about in the third segment. Two really big and, quite frankly, really interesting games coming up for the Blazers against the Denver Nuggets in Denver and then back home in Portland. But before I do that, I want to tell you guys all about Wise. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. It's packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for only $20. It's got 1080p full HD, night vision, and two-way audio. And their vision is to make smart home products, Accessible to everyone. So that's why they're giving you a full HD camera with free rolling 14 day cloud storage for just $20 a camera. That means there's no subscriptions. You just pay 20 bucks, you get the camera. But if you want more than that, Wise has got you covered. For just $10 more, you can get the Wise Cam Pan that gives you 360 degree coverage in under three seconds. And like I said, it's got a free rolling 14 day cloud storage. So everything you capture on there stays on the cloud faux free for two weeks. It also works with Alexa, and you can check it anywhere using their app. So if you're on the go, on your phone or on a mobile de- on any mobile device, you'll be able to track the Wise Cam. So if you want the absolute lowest price, go to Wise. Wyze, that's w y z e dot com slash locked on to get the guaranteed lowest price. All right, what up? Still locked on Blazers. Still Mike Richmond. We talk CJ health. We talk fifty wins. Now we talk in Nuggets Blazers. Yeah, that uh kind of fake voice excitement is how I feel about this game, or these next two games. Uh, Blazers in Denver Friday night at the Pepsi Center. And then both teams will be back at the Moda Center Sunday, where your boy will also be in attendance. Um, the first two games of this matchup have been decided by a total of four points. Obviously, things look different, but just to refresh your memory, first time the Blazers uh, met Denver was back way back, the way back machine, in the Nick Stauskas era of the Blazers. November thirtieth, uh, Blazers down seventeen at home, came all the way back, charged back in the second half, and CJ McCollum missed a shot of the buzzer that would have won the game. It's a pretty good pull up, just missed it. They lost 113-112. In the second game, this was in Denver, Nikola Jokic had 40. My dude was a ball And yet, Blazers, never say die, had a shot to tie the game at the buzzer, and Damian Lowe had missed a three that would have won it. Or, excuse me, they would have sent it to OT. So, two games, two shots that could have... Uh, change the balance for the Blazers, but obviously things are significantly different uh, for Portland in, in this one. Uh, the, the last meeting in Denver, uh, pretty much a fully healthy Nuggets squad and pretty much a fully healthy Blazers squad. So I think we saw at full strength that these teams are pretty even, but obviously the Blazers aren't going to be at full strength this weekend. Uh, I, I think it's, although he hasn't been ruled out yet, uh, I, there's no way C.J. plays on Friday, and I'd be stunned if he plays on Sunday. So I'm gonna say he's he's out. I'm not gonna record another podcast till Monday. So even if I'm wrong, y'all just have to hear about it after both games. Them's the breaks. Uh, but n- no n- no use of Nurkic in this one is the big one for me. Uh, how do the Blazers guard Nikola Jokic is going to be? Uh, really key to this one. When the Nuggets have struggled this year, uh, they've mostly struggled because Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, their sort of starting guards, and a little bit of Will Barton too, just just haven't been quite as sharp, or Nikola Jokic hasn't been quite as assertive, some combination of those two things. Um, The Blazers were sort of more suited to take them out of those type of things at, at full strength. Uh, you know they could put Mo Harkless on, on on Harris or Murray. Uh, they could they could make they could make Harris work like all hell on the, on the defensive end. Uh, he usually got the Dame assignment or the CJ assignment, but he he would be locking up one of those guys, an excellent wing defender, and obviously Nurkic and uh, Jokic would, could just like basically handle each other one on one, and they could match up Nurk's minutes with with Jokic for the most part, and, and have that be his assignment. We're not going to see that, obviously, uh, on Friday, tomorrow evening, when you're listening to this. Uh, it's it's probably going to be a lot of canter. I think we might see a little bit of Myers Leonard. I think we'll see a bunch of Zach Collins. But to me, I, I don't want to break down too many X's and O's of this game, um, because... E- e- we we've seen the, these teams play before. You know the 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 Nuggets. They run everything through Jokic and and players cut and th- and hard off of a spaced floor with him as the main cog. We're going to see more of that. If you listen to this podcast, you probably know what the Blazers look like. A bunch. They're not going to look too different. To me, this is a big one because we haven't seen the Blazers play a legitimately good team since use of Nurkic's injury. They've looked good, and there's something too. There's there's some significance to just beating beating up on bad teams. There's like some significance to just taking a bad team to the woodshed, ending a game in three quarters, and and blowing out a team you should blow out. Even the against the T Wolves, blowing out a, a sort of a, a mediocre to bad team uh, over the final nine minutes of a game. There there's there's something to the Blazers handling bad teams. It suggests that maybe they are not as far away from being a competitive playoff team as maybe I have suggested. But we don't know. And I think that and this Nuggets game will be a really good test. But I wanna I wanna take you guys to a scene in the locker room when I walked into uh the Moda Center locker room this evening. I asked Evan Turner if he saw Greg Popovich get tossed tonight, because Popovich against the Nuggets got tossed 63 seconds into the game in Denver and I asked him if he'd seen it and he said no and then he was asking for the result who who, did they win I told him no the Nuggets beat the Spurs tonight Mo Harkless said who won that game from across the locker room I told him again the Nuggets beat the Spurs he asked about the Rockets Clippers game I told him that the Rockets rolled the Clippers this Mo Harkless and then he turned to Damian Lillard and said all we got to do is beat the Nuggets twice and we're going to get the two seed. And Dame said, as Mo Harkless walked to the shower, well, we still got to win our last two games of the season, even if we do that anyways. So I think the Blazers know the significance of these games. In their private moments, I don't know if, if Moe or, or, or uh, Dame wanted me to hear that, but I certainly did, and I shared it with you guys, because I love y'all. But they certainly know what's at stake in these next two games. The standings are such that if the Blazers were to sweep these two from Denver, they could be in position to take the two-seed. Obviously, it would depend on what happens in the Blazers' last two games, and also what happens with the Rockets, who are playing really, really well right now. There's no reason to parsing the standings until, until that happens. But I think heading into these two games against the Nuggets, the Blazers know it's at stake, And they know that they get a chance to test out what this version of them is like against a high-level playoff team. Now, the Nuggets have struggled a little bit. They haven't looked like their best selves over the last month of the season. But they're still a team that's going to be a home-court advantage team in the playoffs. These are still two meaningful games. And I think this is a really useful test for where this iteration of the Blazers looks like heading into the playoffs. Should be a fun game on Friday night. Should be another fun game on Sunday. I appreciate all y'all listening to me pontificate on it. Or at least think about it out loud. After those two games happen, I'll do some more thinking out loud. Coming at you Monday with another reaction podcast. I thank you so, so much for listening. Tell your friends about the podcast. You can find this bad boy if you're looking for it or telling your friends where to look for it on the new Himalaya podcast app. An app I highly recommend. they got curated playlists and new features they're dropping every week. In the ever-changing podcast world, always good to have an app that keeps things organized for you. We're also available on Google Play, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Tell your friends. Come back next week. Talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening.